You're listening to the Savvy Painter Podcast, episode number 281. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Savvy Painter Podcast. Super excited to be with you this week. Hello, hello, hello. So today I want to talk about trusting your own decisions. And most importantly, I think at least, is making that a habit. That is something that I've been working on for a long time now, and it has been hugely impactful. So I wanted to share this with you. And if you had asked me a few years ago if I trust my decisions, I probably would have thought about it for a while before answering. I would have been thinking back on my past decisions, like the big ones and the small ones, to gather evidence for whether or not I thought that I made a good decision in those instances. So just looking at that, number one, I would not have as a habit said, yeah, I think I'd make good decisions. I would have had to stop and really think about it and look back for evidence for it. And where I would go to for that evidence would be the outcome of the decision. That's how I would have decided, I think, if I had made a call that was quote unquote good because I liked the way it turned out or if the decision that I made was bad because I didn't like the way that it turned out. But what I've learned is making a good decision isn't about the outcome. And I don't think I had ever really considered that. So I would base my entire assessment on my thoughts about the results. Did I get what I wanted? If yes, then of course I made a good decision. If no, I did not make a good decision. Back when I lived in Mammoth, I listened to an audiobook by the poker player Annie Duke. I have I totally remember this because I know it was an audiobook because I remember certain parts of it based on where I was walking and where I was hiking, which I always think is really funny. But the book was about her experiences as a poker player. And she taught me a lot about separating the decision from the outcome. And in a way, that is what set me on this path and got me wondering, not just about how I make decisions, but more importantly, How do I think about my decisions? And am I a person who just knows that I make good decisions and how that impacts my art? So that's kind of what I want to dig into today. The more I studied how I make decisions and what it means to trust them implicitly, the better I got at trusting my ability to make good decisions. I started to make decisions faster And more importantly, I think for my artwork is I really got to know my own voice and I really got to a place where I trust it completely. And I know as artists, we can spend a lot of time looking at our painting, looking at our work, looking where we are within our art career and in our art path, like wondering, am I doing this right? Am I making the right decisions? What should I do? So that's why I want to share this with you because The more that you trust your decisions and the faster that you become at making decisions about your work and about what you want to do with it and how you want to share it with people and how you want to show it, the better and faster you get at making your decisions and truly trusting them, the faster you will be able to get what you want with your artwork. And more importantly, or really, like, I think this is more important. When you learn how to trust your own decisions, you will stop looking at other people for answers. You will learn to discern and choose from the wealth of information that you already have inside of you. And you will become the expert at what you like. You'll stop second guessing yourself. You'll develop 
a more intimate relationship with yourself and with what you like in your artwork. And you'll be able to access that quickly, which is so important when you are in front of the canvas and making decisions about your artwork. You'll learn to have your own back. That's something that I talk about so much with my students in Growth Studio, to really have your own back and not to ever beat yourself up. When you learn to trust your own decisions, you get better and better and better at making the art that you love. And that is why this is so important. So that's kind of what I mean when I say that you get what you want with your artwork. So let's just start with the idea of trusting your decisions and how that impacts you looking at others for answers. So when you learn how to trust your own decisions and you make it a habit to have confidence in yourself and to trust that you do make good decisions, you will stop looking at others for answers. And this is, I think, really, really important because this is how you build confidence as a painter. This is how you build confidence in your voice. This is how you build confidence in what you choose to paint as a subject matter. You don't build your confidence by looking at other people for answers. And I want to be really, really clear because often, <laughs> I was about to say every time, but not that's not true. Often when I say this, people think like, oh, so you think I should never look at anyone else, never ask anyone else's opinion. No, I'm saying look to yourself first answer your own questions first with your own brain before you go outside for help with that. It is so, so important and something that I really insist on and really help the people that are in growth studio to build this habit, which is to not say that you don't know, to not say that you need somebody else's opinion in order to make your own decisions. You are the expert on your own work. Only you can be the expert on what it is that you're creating and what you want to accomplish with your work. So every single time that you kind of allow yourself to outsource that to another person, you're damaging your own decision-making process. You're sort of like shutting down your access to your own voice. I'm going to circle back to this in a little bit, but I just want... I kind of wanted to start with that because I think that so often we do habitually look at others for answers rather than trusting our own decision, trusting our own intuition. And as artists, I think that that is, it really limits us. So I wanted to start with that first. And it relates to this next point, which is when you trust your own decisions, and I'm going to, I think on this one, I'm going to kind of really dive deep into it. And then you'll kind of see why not allowing yourself to say, I don't know, not looking at other people to answer the question for you about your own work. If that's not already evident, <laughs> why that might be problematic for you and your artwork, then this will probably hone it in. So when you trust your own decisions, you learn to discern and choose from the wealth of information that's already inside of you. So trusting your own decisions and learning this discernment, it forces you to access everything that you have learned before. Mastery, I think, comes from repeatedly doing the same thing over and over and over again until you can do that one thing a hundred different ways. So that's how we sort of make our ability to see and our ability to discern and how we choose subject matters. That's how 
we make that such a masterful decision where it just you see somebody who owns that and really does it well and it sort of, and it takes your breath away and you're kind of like how did they make that into you know like to give it a, a very concrete example how did Mirandi make a very simple lineup of bottles so compelling that so many of us, so many years after he painted it, cannot stop looking at it and cannot stop talking about it. That is the mastery of really accessing everything that he knows about painting and doing one thing really, really, really well. He did the same thing over and over and over again until he could do that one thing a hundred different ways. And when you look at it, it's, you know, it's not just about the bottles. The more you look at it and the more you see and the more you learn about his work and the more you realize how masterful he was at all the other things that made that painting so, made his body of work so breathtakingly beautiful. The line, the color, the way that he did all of it. He got there by really discerning and choosing what it was that he was fascinated by. So I'm going to start with Mirandi, but let's take it down to what maybe a lot of artists I think are struggling with or what a lot of artists who listen to this podcast is more like kind of concrete and tangible to you. Because as soon as we start bringing up master paintings, I think that opens up a whole other can of worms. But I just kind of wanted to like bring that up as an example of that's very concrete, I think. So if you think of one skill that you have, let's just take, for example, mixing color, because I think that's something that a lot of artists are really they're a they're interested in b it's a challenge oftentimes for them and c so often i hear artists saying things like i don't know how to mix color and if that is you if that's what you think if you think i don't know how to mix color or or i don't trust my color decisions listen up because this is for you think of it this way if you have painted anything you know something about mixing color if you went to kindergarten in the United States, at least, I'm pretty sure this is something that's taught worldwide. But if you went to kindergarten in, in the United States, you know that red and blue, when you mix it together, makes purple, that blue and yellow makes green, that red and yellow makes orange. You know that when you mix two colors together, you get a third color. So you have that information. And with that information, you have access to your own mastery. You tell yourself that you don't know anything about mixing colors, but just that knowledge that when you mix two colors together, you get a third. I It's crazy powerful. It really, really is. When you really think about it, that's what we do. But what you probably mean when you say, I don't know how to mix colors, isn't that you don't know how. We like to say that because it sort of takes the, in some ways, it's a relief to say, well, I just don't know how to do it. What you probably actually mean, though, is that not that you isn't that you don't know how to mix colors. It's that you don't get the results you want when you mix the colors together. That is very different, right? Going back to how we started this episode of the podcast, there's making the decisions and there's liking the results and they are two different things. So when you tell yourself that you don't know anything about mixing color, you're telling yourself, I don't know. And then when you tell yourself, I don't know about anything about mixing colors, you might feel bad about yourself or your painting because you keep telling yourself, I don't know how to mix colors. 
And then your brain is going to find all the supporting evidence as to why you're just not able to do it, why you make bad choices, why you can't trust your colored decisions. What I want to offer you is what if instead you looked inside of you for what you already know about mixing color? Okay, so now we're taking responsibility for it instead of just throwing up our hands and saying like, I don't know, I don't know how to do this. Instead of going down that path, you redirect your brain to, okay, I didn't get the result that I wanted. What do I already know about mixing color? Even if all you know about mixing color is that two colors mixed together result in a third color, you know something about color. I like to think about Bruce Lee has this quote that I love, which is, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once. I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. Think about that when it comes to mixing color. What would you know about color? If you decided, for example, to take one color and practice mixing it 10,000 times, how many variations of red are there before it stops being red? How much could you learn about the color red or even a single pigment and all of its properties if you mixed 10,000 variations of, I don't know, let's just say cad red with your other colors in your paint box? You wouldn't just learn about cad red. You'd learn about all the power and strength of all the other colors that you have too. But so many times people want to say, I just don't know about color. And they disregard everything that they do know. And I know that most of you have gone well beyond what we all learned about color in kindergarten. So even taking what you learned in kindergarten, you can get much, much further than you give yourself credit for. But what I'm asking for you to do is to take everything that you have ever learned about color and everything that you ever learned by looking at paintings, by taking workshops, by practicing what you learned in workshops, by playing on your own in your studio, by trying different paintings and making that discovery that, wow, I really don't like the outcome of those two colors together. So when you think of it that way, You have so much more agency over your color mixing than you think you do. You have so much more knowledge than you give yourself credit for. This is something a lot of artists in growth studio have experienced. I will not let them just throw their hands up and say, I don't know. And sometimes they get frustrated by that. At first, they really, really want to keep that idea. Well, I just don't know. And they want somebody else to just tell them the answer. It would be so much easier if somebody would just tell them the answer and they didn't have to think about it. But if you allow yourself that, you do not develop your trust in your own decisions. Then you are always dependent on other people for their knowledge and you're not acknowledging or building your own. So that's why as frustrating as it is, I won't allow students, like I won't allow the artists in growth studio to say, I don't know. I will not let them do that. I won't let them because what they learn from that is to be helpless. What they learn from that habit of saying, I don't know, is to look outside of themselves for answers. They learn to discard their own thoughts and ideas because somebody else, quote unquote, knows better. And what I want to tell you is nobody knows your art and where you want it to go the way you know that. And you will never get there. You will never get to the paintings that you dream about you really, really want to paint when you outsource your decisions by saying, I don't know, and then looking at other artists or asking them to answer that question for you before you've tried everything that you know on your own, okay? 
So it is a big change for a lot of us to look inside first. And I know that that can be scary. We're often not used to doing that. We have been taught to look somewhere else. Like I said, as children, we are taught to look it up, ask the teacher, ask somebody else. Now it's more like just go Google it or go look on YouTube or go scrolling through Instagram. Maybe there'll be an answer there. And what I really, really hope that you will take away from this is to look inside yourself first and really look inside yourself first, not just kind of look and go, oh, I don't see it. Okay, I'm off. When you learn to ask yourself first, when you learn to trust your own wisdom and connect the dots that you already have inside of you, you here's what's going to happen. You might get different answers. And I think that is so important. You might get different answers than you would have if you went and asked somebody else. You might get different answers than you would have if you watched 20 hours of YouTube videos. And guess what? The different answers that you get are not wrong. Those are your answers. And that's what makes your art your art. For those of you who are looking for, and I think all of us as artists, what we want is our own unique voice. We want our work to be up there on a wall and to be able to know like that is an Antrees Wood or that is fill in your, the blank of your name. Like that is definitely that person's work. How do we know that? Where does that come from? That comes from inside of you. It doesn't come from adopting everyone else's ideas first. When you learn to ask yourself first and you learn to trust your own wisdom and you learn to connect the dots that you already have, you also reinforce what you already know. So that inner wisdom, your knowledge gets stronger and stronger and stronger because you're building off of it. You're strengthening it. You are finding what's true and what's not true for you and your art. You learn to trust yourself so that you depend on outside opinions and validation less and less and less. You take full responsibility for your art. Again, you're not outsourcing that to other people. It's an amazing thing and it's a beautiful thing and it makes your art so much better and so much stronger. And it makes, again, the decisions, trusting your own, when you do this and you trust your own decisions, you have quicker access to it because now you have all this experience behind you by trusting your own decisions and you don't default to, I don't know, better go ask somebody else. So you're taking that full responsibility for your art And you're building self-confidence in your voice. And it's so important, you guys. It's so, so important. So I hope I've really hammered this home for you. When you trust your own, like how important this is to really build this skill. And I think it is a skill or it's a habit. It is something that we have active agency over to really like not just assume that what you're doing isn't quite right or that there's something wrong with it or that anyone else, like I think this is the big one that somebody else knows better than you do. I want you to really, really think about that one. How could anyone know your art better than you? And again, going back to that point of, like I always hear the objections when I talk about this in my head, I'm hearing the objections in my head, which is this sort of like some flavor of, well, do you mean that I shouldn't, like what if I just really truly don't know? And are you saying that I should never look at other people's art or ask other people's opinion ever? And I kind of am saying that in a way, I guess. Yeah, maybe I am saying that. But most importantly, what I'm saying is do your, it's almost like do your own due diligence and honor and acknowledge all of the hard work that you've already put in and all of the wisdom that you've already gathered together 
and look for the answers there. Try what you have found. Trust the knowledge that you already have and apply it. And then if it still doesn't come out the way that you wanted to, if you still don't get the results that you wanted, you have different questions that you will ask because you will have tried things and you will have the ability to ask more in specific questions to other artists to get the answer that you need. And you will have more language to be able to ask the question because you have strengthened the knowledge that you already have. So just imagine somebody like coming up to you, for example, and saying, hey, here's my painting. It's not right. I don't know. What do you think? It puts the person that you're asking in kind of a difficult position because they're not mind readers. They don't know what you want. They don't know what you've tried. What you will get is your painting through somebody else's tastes and your painting through somebody else's skill level. And sometimes that is really helpful if you are asking a person you can, you know, I would say that you could trust and that you know that there is a match there. But it is very different when you come to that question, having already tried so many things and kind of knowing like, okay, well, this is what I thought would fix it. This is what I thought the problem is. And I tried A, B, C, and D. This is how it changed. And this is what I'm still struggling with. Can you help me with this one very specific thing? That is so different than, I don't know, what do you think? And for all of you who have done that, who have seen yourself do that, kind of pick up a painting and say, hey, what do you think? I've done it too, full disclosure. So we have all done this. I don't want you to look at this as like, oh my God, I did something wrong. It's just, this is, if what I want for myself as an artist, if loving my work and loving myself as an artist is a priority, then I'm going to set myself up. I am going to use what I have and use all the resources that I have in the best way possible, which means using yourself as the primary resource. That's how you build self-confidence. That's how you build confidence in your work. When you trust your own decisions, you get better and faster at making those decisions. And what happens is when you get better and faster at making decisions about your own work, you experience less overwhelm and you don't have that sort of analysis paralysis that we get after we have had a challenge with a painting and then went and looked at a hundred different other artists who are not doing the same painting, by the way. And we've gotten all this other information. And then we come back to our own painting. And we're like, oh my God, I just don't know what to do now because you have all these other voices in your head. Okay. So you get that getting better and faster at making your decisions and the less overwhelm and not having that analysis paralysis means that you are painting more and you're being more productive in your own voice. You become the expert at what you like because you're by making those decisions better and faster, you're able to dive deeper and to explore what it is that you love about your work. It's this upward spiral that you put yourself in that is just amazing and you just get better and better and better at it. You know, when you learn how to trust your own decisions, you will also develop a more intimate relationship with yourself as the artist. That happens because you're not questioning yourself as much. So you're trusting that decision and you're seeing what happens. And then you have marks on the canvas to respond to versus sitting there kind of paralyzed. You act faster. So the time between getting an idea and implementing it is faster and faster. 
You also, you learn, and this is the thing that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, and this is one of the things that I think is so important for artists, is you learn how to have your own back. You understand yourself. You understand your reasons. Your default isn't, I shouldn't have done it that way. Why did I do that? That idea, like I shouldn't have done it, I don't know what to do. The more that you trust your own decisions, that idea, like I shouldn't have done it, I don't trust myself, it doesn't resonate anymore. Because you've developed a new habit of trusting yourself and you've given yourself, you've built up the confidence to know that, yeah, I can make a decision. I might not get the result that I want, but I trust my reasons for making that decision. I trust the knowledge that I have gathered through all the years that I have painted beyond kindergarten, all the things that I have learned about art, all the things that I have noticed when I look at other people's art and when I talk to other artists. I am now bringing that in and I am taking all of that into account and I'm making my own decisions about my own art. That's the difference. I hope this makes sense and I hope you're starting to see that. And and I know if I'm hammering at home, I'm really hammering at home. It's all about getting better and better and better at making the art you love. And you still are going to experiment, but it's focused and it's intentional instead of coming from this like, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure. Maybe, 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 maybe it's like, I wonder if it's this. I'm curious with all of this information that I have about color, with all of this information I have about line, with all of this information I have about values, I wonder what will happen if I do this and then you try it. And then now you have something to assess and you make another decision. Do I like it? Yes or no. If I like it, it stays. If I don't like it, what could I do differently with all the information I have inside of me already, what would I do differently to make this the painting that I want? That's really the question that we're getting at here. And trusting that implicitly, trusting that as your default. All right, that's what I have for you today. (laughs) It's so important, everyone. It is so important as artists that you trust your decision because that is how you make the art you want to make. That is how you become a very unique and authentic artist. It is by trusting your vision, trusting what you think about art, trusting your instincts, and learning from that. Happy painting. Have a fabulous week. If this is something that you want to dive deeper on, join us in Grow Studio. We do this all the time. We have these conversations. We do critiques or we talk about your work in a way that I think is very different than you might be used to. You get a lot of this and it's very, very specific to your work. You get to learn so much from the other artists that are in there. So if you have been thinking about joining Growth Studio, do it now. Go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join and I will see you there. Have a fabulous week, everybody. When you are aware of how powerful your mind is, you show up to your studio differently. You notice the abundant opportunities to level up your presence in the studio. And when you do that, you stop worrying about whether or not you have a voice because you know it was already there. Now your best work comes more easily. Join Growth Studio now. I show you your blind spots and help you create confidently. Just go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join.